What is the church? Is the church a building? Is the church a pastor? Or the staff? Is the church the music? The tradition? Or the ministries? These are all good things, but they are not the church. Take them away, and the church is still here. Why? Because you are still here. The church is you. The church is you with a purpose. The church is you on a mission. The church is you with a plan, a simple plan to plug into God at a weekend service, to charge up in a small group community, to live out using your gifts and passions, and to pass on your faith to those who do not know Christ. When you and I live like this, all the things we used to do in church become things we do as the church. God desires it. The world needs it. And we are called to be it. What is the church? The church is you. And everybody said, Amen. good morning, church. I, um, I want to tell you this morning um, that I'm very proud of you. You're making a difference in this community, and some of you may not even realize uh, what a difference you're making in this community. Um, over the past uh, couple of months, we've done quite a few outreaches into our community um, to allow this community to know that we love them and that we're here, not just to be a building um, on 2344 Ridge Road, but to be a people that go out into our community to make a difference for Christ. And it's amazing to me the feedback that I'm getting from the community from these certain outreaches that we've done. We can look at our church in one of three ways. We can be a church with a bad reputation. We can be a church with a good reputation. Or we can be a church with no reputation, where nobody knows that we even exist. And one of the things I remember someone saying when I read in a book one time, they said, if your church was ceased to exist, would anybody care? And that's always been kind of in my heart. That's been something that's kind of bothered me. And I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be just a church that is a building where we just come to, to worship and then it just stays here and it, 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 it doesn't flood out into our community. Um, just through these past outreaches from the school outreaches, the trunk or treat outreach, um, the turkey outreach, the... Uh, we had a, a, a funeral here for a young man in our community who died of cancer. And the school called us and said, can we use your building because we don't have a place big enough? And I said, sure, use our building. And I had the principal catch me after the funeral the other day and said, thank you for allowing us to use your building. There was people within our church 
who maybe didn't know the family but stayed here to work, worked reception just to, just to help out. You have no idea the resounding effects that that says to our community that we care for you. I'm getting my teeth cleaned. And the dental hygienist said, oh, living word. I said, yeah. She goes, uh, my, uh, my daughter came to your outreach on Halloween and absolutely loved it. That was incredible. A guy in our church is at the community center walking and talking to somebody. And she says, where do you go to church? She goes, living word. She goes, oh, that's the church that gave out the pencils, right? In Jesus' name. We love people. We give out pencils. Yeah, that's right. That's us. And it, the feedback we're getting, there's another person that was, um, there was a server um, at a restaurant and got talking about the church. And she's like, oh, you, living word, that's the church that did the school outreach. That really blessed my family because I'm a single mom. That's the church. That's the church. So I want to thank you guys for, for seeing church that's just not about a building. And it's fun. Let me tell you, the Lord is here this morning. What a great time to come together and worship as the church and to be equipped as the church and to uh, bless one another and to uh, grow uh, with one another under the teaching of God's word. But how many know that the church doesn't stay here, that it's, it has to go out into this community and reach the lost? And I was just thinking about that yesterday when we were just delivering the food baskets. You know, being able to go into somebody's house and just say, hey, can we pray for you? You know, and just let you know that we love you and that Jesus loves you. It's just, it's amazing to me how God opens up doors through these different vehicles that we can share the love of Jesus. And so I just wanted to tell you as your pastor, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. We're making a difference in this community. And so may that be our, our purpose. May that be our drive, not only to grow. I, I want my heartbeat for you as your pastor is for you to grow in discipleship, for you to keep growing in holiness and keep growing close to the Lord. And we give you opportunities here at the church to do that to worship the Lord and to grow deeper in, in your walk with him. But also for us, continue to be a church that sees beyond the four walls of this sanctuary to a community that, uh, that we can reach out to, that we can love, and that we can love with the love of Christ, that we can invite them also into a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus died for Ontario. Amen. Died for this community. And God has placed living words strategically right here for a reason and a purpose. And so thank you for just giving your lives, for uh, continually giving unto the Lord. I know some of you sacrificially give, you sacrificially financially give. I want to thank you for continually to do that so that the work of the Lord can continue in our community. Amen? Amen. So, so Lord, we, as we just um, finish this series on the church today... Um, Lord, today's message is a hard one, but Lord, I pray that you would unite our church for a common purpose, that Lord, it would be beyond anything that I see or what, uh, what I desire, but Lord, we would ultimately see, God, what is your vision? That that vision would be the thing that would unite us, that we would not look at the things uh, that, that draw us apart, but that divide us, but the things that unite us, God. And that would be the thing that would propel us to grow deeper in you, to reach this community, to continue to do the, 
outreaches that you've called us to do, to grow in those things, to allow those things to expand, that we can be more effective to do greater things, ultimately for your glory, God, and not ours. We are here for your glory. We want to be used for your glory. We want living word to be used ultimately for your glory in this community, that people would see who Jesus really is. And so if they can see Jesus through us handing out pencils or delivering a turkey or throwing a party on Halloween for people, God, may we realize it's about people that you died for. And may we break the walls down May we break down the wrong conceptions that people may have about the church and may we love them in spite of what they may think about us. May we love them in spite of what they may think about you, Jesus. May we love them because that's how you love them. And we thank you, Lord, for all you do for us each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for for dying for us. And so, Lord, may your grace just be poured into our lives and may that grace flow from us out to the people that so desperately need to hear about Jesus. And so may our ears be attentive to your word today, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. If you've got your Bibles, just or you can use the Bible in the front of your seat, just turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to jump into that in just a second. So just put your finger there. Um, this is Ephesians 4 is, is my life verse, and I just kind of want to springboard off uh, this particular verse as we finish uh, this message on the church. What I want to dive into today is... is um, I want us to get all on the same page on how living word does church. I know for many of you, we, we all come from so many different backgrounds, specifically church backgrounds. I kind of call living word the mutt church. We, we, we're, just, we're just a bunch of hybrid different denominations that have come together and, and we come together under the name of Jesus. So all of us have, have different backgrounds uh, when it comes to church. And, and what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks is looking to the purpose of the church. And we've come to understand that the church is not necessarily a place, but it's a, a, a movement. And, and we understand that, that the church or the body of Christ isn't perfect, that we make a lot of mistakes. And the body of Christ will not always see eye to eye on things. And, and all through the New Testament, we see this common thread that shows how we're to live with one another and how we're to treat one another in the body of Christ. And so what I want to do today is basically talk about how does living word do church? What, what makes living word unique? What is God's vision for living word right here in Ontario, New York to reach our community with Jesus. How do we do church? It's, it's going to be different maybe from what you were used to. It might be uh, uh, different from other churches in the area. That doesn't make us better or, or worse. It just says, this is what I feel God's vision is for, for living word and how we do church. So we're all on the same page here. So let's look at Ephesians 4. And and, and I know I, 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 I've got one verse up here, but I'm going to read a couple more. I'm going to I'm going, boy, these glasses are filthy. Boy, i got to clean those. Um, let, let, back up to verse 1 here, if you've got your Bibles. I know I, I've only got um, verse 2 up there, but back up here, because I, I want to put that to 
verse 2 into its context. And, and what Paul is doing here, he's talking about the, the, the unity in the body of Christ. How do we keep the unity? Because really, that, that, if, if we're going to have anything that we're going to have to focus on at Living Word that, that's going to be difficult to propel us to the next level, it, it's unity. It's getting along, right? How many of you know that any, any family dynamic, any marriage relationship usually boils down to how we get along and how we create unity within that relationship so that we're moving forward and growing in that relationship. It's no different from the dynamics within the church because how many know the church is full of people and where there's people, there's problems, Amen. right? If it wasn't, listen, if it wasn't for people, I'd love pastoring. It would be perfect. It would be wonderful, right? It's one. That's why I got so much gray hair. Fourteen years. I, you know, when I came here fourteen years ago, no gray hair, nothing. No. So, my kids too. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, Ephesians chapter four. Let's look at the context here, starting with verse one. Paul says here, speaking of the church in Ephesus, he says, "As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient." Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and all and in all. So what is, what is Paul stressing here? He's stressing, listen, church, we've got to do everything we can as the body of Christ to keep the unity of peace within the body. Because, because Paul understood something here. If, if that peace is rocked, if it's broken, if the unity is fractured, it's going to splinter what God is trying to do within the body of Christ. So today what I want to do is how do we protect our church, how do we protect living word from becoming fractured or stressed or going in a million different directions and heading nowhere? How many know is if, if you're going to go down the road, you've got to go straight down the road. There, there's got to be something that we're going towards. And how many know it's, it's easy to get distracted? I know Thanksgiving is coming up and some of you may be traveling uh, somewhere else. And if you've got young kids, you know, you may be traveling on Thanksgiving and the kids get hungry and they want to stop at every McDonald's, Burger King along the way. But you know at the end is grandma's house or whatever. And you know at the end of that trip is a big turkey with stuffing and, and yams with little marshmallows on them. Can I get a witness? All right, you guys are going to make me do this again, aren't you? You're going to make me do it. Marshmallows. Okay, there. You, okay. Just maybe do it again. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. You guys get it, all right? But you know as the parent, you're going to make them wait because you know what's at the end is going to be a feast. So you don't get sidetracked over here and over here and over here. Living Word, we've got to be on that road that says, listen, we could go here, we could do this. And there's a, listen, there's a lot of great things we could dive into. And there's a lot of great things that other churches are doing, blah, blah, blah. But we have to say, God, what, what, are you, what are you called us to? That we've got to stay on that straight and narrow because we go in a million different areas and we can stress the church out. 
And what it can do too, if we're not careful, it can even divide. Good things can even divide the church, sad to say. Because one would say, well, mine's better than, they're both good, but one would say, well, mine's better than, and we have to say, God, what is, what's best for living word? What, what's best for us? What, if, what, if, what have you called us to as a church? And so what Paul is stressing here is, when he says in, in verse 2 there, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. The word bearing there literally, literally means to put up with. It means to put up with each other's idiosyncrasies. It means to, to work it out. And so what keeps the church together, what is going to be the core of that thing that is going to keep the church together and heading in the same directions. Now, what I want to just jump into now is just what, what can stalemate the church? And, and, and this can shipwreck a church quicker than anything else if we're not careful. So let me just dive into this a little bit. Um, let me give you an example before I start this off. Uh, I, I want to tell you the, the, probably the most worst place I hate going to with the family of five, and, and it's going to correlate with my, the illustration will correlate in my point, but the place that I hate going most than any place else is when we go to the mall as a family, the place I hate the most is the mall. No, the place I hate the most is the food court. The food court is from hell. And here's why. If you've got a family of five and you go into the food court Everybody wants to go to where they want to go. So you've got one person says, oh, I want to go to Taco Bell. You've got this person. One of my children want to go to Burger King. Why anyone would want to go there? But anyway, so you've got Burger King. You've got Bill Gray. Whatever you've got, and you've got five different choices you want to go. And, and everybody wants to go their own thing. There's longer lines over here. I've got to give the kids money for this. It's just, it's just a pain. So we don't go there anymore. We just don't. I mean, they love, oh, Dale, no, we're not going there. Because I know it's going to fracture our family. We're going to start arguing. It's going to just be miserable. It's happened before. We're going to one restaurant. We're all going to eat there. And you can order off the menu. And it's going to be fine. See, the problem is everybody wants something different. I want Taco Bell, I want Burger King, gag me. I want Bill Gray's, okay. Uh, Kathleen wants a salad, whatever it is. And those are your parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The problem is too many choices. How many of you have ever been at a place where they have that new soda machine, where they have like a thousand different choices? And, and, you, and, and, and I always get stuck behind the person that's the first time that they're at this soda machine and you got to press all these buttons and you can combine the sodas and they're like on the thing. It says you can combine for over 5,343 different types of sodas. And you got the person up there the first time going, do I go this way? And, and they're, they're taking five because they can't make the choice. When I was a kid, you got water or Coke. That's it. What do you want? Water or a Coke? You know, there's too many choices. Too many choices. And so what begins to happen is when we have so many choices and so many preferences, it can divide. That's why I like five guys. Burger, fries, be over, be done with it, okay? Now, why is it difficult to keep a church going in the same direction? For the same reason, it's difficult to eat at the food court with a family of five at the mall. Everyone has their own personal preferences. 
Okay. I almost went behind the pulpit. I almost, I almost went there. You're good. So we all have, not that there is, is Bill Gray necessarily better than Taco Bell or is Taco Bell necessarily better than Burger King? Yeah, it is. But it, no, what, what's different? You know, it, what, what is there different? No, everybody is there. It's not that one is necessarily bad. No, it's just that we all have our personal prefer- preferences. Some of you, let, let's, let's bring it home here. Are you guys ready? Let's, let's, let's just bring it to where it is. Some of you were brought up in a church where you were accustomed to a certain style and certain songs. And these things are, are very dear to you because what happens is we get very sentimental from what we were brought up with. That's why we love Christmas. That's why we love the traditions, right? Because it reminds you of something. It attaches you to your childhood. And you, you'll be driving in the car and, and you'll hear a Christmas song. And it will take you right to a certain place at a certain time when you're a kid. And you're sitting in the car and you're just crying and having a little moment, right? A little tender. You guys, will you stop lying? You guys have those, right? I do. You know, it's, just, it's, it's sentimental, right? And you're like, <laughs> going to grandma's house. And it was... It was a blizzard, and there was like 18 feet of snow on the ground, and this song was playing. You know, it will bring you back to a certain toy you got. And you get very sentimental, because, because we attach our emotions to this. So what begins to happen is when we attach our emotions and our sentiment to that thing, we tend to think that's the best way. I'm going to prod you on there, Okay. Amen? Okay. So let me give an example. I was one to the Lord at a youth service when I was just getting ready to turn 16 years old. So for me, I've got to be careful because I am very, I have a heart for youth ministry. I have a heart for teenagers. I just do. It's in me. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I just have a heart. Because why? Because it was a youth group that I came to know Jesus. Now, was it the youth group that saved me? No, it was Jesus that saved me, right? But it was through the vehicle, listen to me, it was through the vehicle of youth ministry. So for me, I've got to be careful because I have a very tender spot and heart for youth ministry because that's where I was discipled. That's where I was one to the Lord. So for me, that's, that's very important. For you, it may be something else that you attend. So I've got to be careful that, that I'm not lifting up the vehicle and not lifting up Christ who ultimately saved me. Okay, so, so we're, 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 we're getting there. So some of you were brought up in a church where you were accustomed to a certain style or certain songs. Some of you weren't. So some of those religious things, for some of you, you don't really care for because... It doesn't matter. You have no sentiment to it. It's like, who cares, right? There's just some things that just some of you don't care. Uh, Some of you, if I came walking in with a robe, with a liturgical robe, some of you would say, that's what I'm used to. I was brought in a church where the pastor wore a robe. Some of you, if I were to walk in with a robe, you'd laugh your head off, right? So it's, it's, it's all what you were brought. Some of you are, are like the church I grew up in. Uh, the pastor always wore a suit. And so I'm used to pastors wearing suits because that's what my pastor wore. Some of you are like, 
I feel more comfortable that I don't need to feel pressured to look a certain way to come to church. Now, now listen to me very closely here. We are all over the map when it comes to dress. But that isn't the thing that keeps us together as a church. So what we need to understand, we can talk about music. Some of you were, were, you, you were brought up with, with hymns and organ and, and choirs. For some of you, that's just not your thing. Some of you, you like more gospel style music. For some of you, it's more contemporary. Some of you like the music soft. Some of you say, man, pastor, crank it up, man. Right? So some, of you, some of you say, pastor, give me the Gaithers and, and I'm happy. Ruth Brooks, I knew I, knew I was going to get Ruth on that one. Amen. Some of you would say, I like Hill songs. I like Chris Tomlin. I like Matt Redman. I'm ready to go. I love those things. However, if music is what keeps us together, we haven't got a chance. We haven't got a chance. One is not better than the others. We have different opinions when it maybe comes to a church building, maybe the color of the paint, maybe the style of the sanctuary, maybe what we want in a pastor. I had one guy many, many years ago when I was first here, he came to church for a while and he says, you know, pastor, I've, I've got something to tell you about your preaching style. I said, okay, go ahead. He goes, really don't like it. I said, well, there's a the back door. Go ahead. You can leave it. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, he goes, I really don't. I go, really? What, what, what don't you like about style? He goes, well, I'm used to the pastor just hammering the pulpit. Really just giving it to me between the eyes. That, that's what I'm used to. Could you do more of that? And I said, well, that's not my style. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Is there anything about what I'm preaching bothers you? Is there anything unbiblical about what I'm preaching that's bothering you? No, no, nothing. I, I, nothing. I just... Would like to hear you yell a little more, right? And some of you have seen those guys. They're, they're talking to you normal, and all of a sudden they open up the Word of God. And they say, would you turn to me to Matthew chapter 2? <laughs> Hallelujah! Right? And they always end things with, ah. Uh, Hallelujah! Turn your Bibles up. Right? You know, it's just, it's just whatever. You know, that's just, that is totally not me, Right? You watch on TV, you may like it, whatever. I mean, it's just not my style. So how many know it's not the style, it's really what is being said? Amen. I remember watching one preacher on TV one time, and he was sweating and yelling and moving around, and people were yelling, and he didn't say a word for 10, he didn't say anything constructive for 10 minutes. But people were getting all excited because he was sweating. So it was more perspiration and not inspiration, right? <laughs> Some people want more perspiration, less inspiration, right? So didn't the Apostle Paul say the same things? He goes, I didn't come to you with eloquent words, right? Persuade. But, but I did come to you with the power of the word of God. And that's what changed your life. So we need to even get beyond the style of that. So here's the danger. Here's the danger. The danger is if we are not careful, we can allow our personal preferences to be the driving force in our life and Jesus Christ is trying to kill that in us. He's trying to take that thing away from us, from, from dividing the beautiful body that he died for, because there are things that are so much more important. People have asked me, Pastor, you're in, you're in multiple services. Why don't you have two different style of worship 
services. And, and let me just answer this to all of you who may have wondered that. Why don't we have more traditional, more contemporary? Why don't, why don't we do that? Because here's the problem. When we try to please everyone, we please no one. You see, at, at first it says, well, pastor, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't we do that? But what it ends up doing, no matter how good it may seem, what we end up doing is covertly dividing the church without even meaning it. Because what we're doing is we're dividing the church over style. So what we do is we end up splitting the church over a certain style, not the context of what's being preached or what's being sung about. We end up covertly, without even knowing it, dividing the body of Christ. You see, what we hold in common is this. It's not the style. It's not the type of music we sing. It's not the type of style the pastor is or whatever it is. What holds us in common is the fact that we've all come to Christ as sinners needing redemption. For me, for you, it may have come through a crusade. Maybe it came through a Billy Graham crusade. Maybe it came from watching TV, uh, watching a Christian program. Maybe it came for you from just reading the Bible. For me, the vehicle came through a youth ministry through a youth pastor. But that was just the vehicle. What saved me was I understood that I was a sinner needing redemption from Jesus Christ. And what binds us together is not our personal preferences, but the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why communion is so beautiful. That's why we take communion every month, because that's what binds us together is the precious blood that Jesus shed for you and I that we would come and be unified under the headship of Jesus Christ. And his work on the cross is what holds everything together. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross is what holds us together. It's his blood that was shed for you and I that forgives us of our sins. All of us are sinners born in this world needing redemption, and Jesus provides the way for healing and forgiveness for our lives. If that's the thing that does not hold us together as a church, we will fraction and we will go many different separate ways. So that is the thing we have to focus on. We may go about doing it a different way from different churches, but the core message needs to be the word of God. I want to show you a testimony. I want you to look up the screen. I want to show you a testimony from a church member of ours who God showed this to him in such a, a beautiful way. And I appreciate this testimony from Luke Loomis. Go ahead and look up at the screens at this time. Thank you. Good morning. I'd like to share my testimony a little bit with you this morning and uh, tell you how much we appreciate Living Word. I was born in 1937 in South Dakota and uh, we moved out to New York in 1941 and my family proceeded to uh, move from town to town uh, until we eventually wound up in uh, Webster. And then I got married and moved to Ontario. From that point on, we started looking for a church, and we found one in Ontario. And uh, the church was uh, just what we were looking for, preached the Word of God. They had a great, great choir that we just loved to sing. And so uh, we joined that church, and we were involved with many, many uh, committees of that church and all kinds of people that we met there. And then uh, a problem arose in that church, and it kind of split up, and it was really hard for us to uh, accept that because... Uh, it was really a tough situation. And so we decided to leave that church and find another one. 
and we looked around at every church in Ontario until we found Living Word. We came here, and the minute I walked into this church, I was greeted and hugged and really felt welcome. And I went home and told my wife, uh, I think I found our church. And so we started going here. The only problem we had with Living Word is they didn't have a choir. And we were so uh, engrossed in that choir in our old church uh, that it was really, really hard for us uh, to be in a church that didn't have a choir. And we really battled with that. And my wife was actually um, going to church here with me, and then she would leave and go to the other church and sing in the choir. And so we did that for a couple of months until one day we were driving home and we just stopped and, and uh, said to each other, why are we going to our church? Why are we going to Living Word? Are we going there to hear the Word of God, or are we going there to sing? And uh, it put it in perspective for us, and we decided we're going there to hear the Word of God. And so we decided to make this our home, our church, and we haven't blinked once since making that choice. Matter of fact, our daughter called us at one point and said, what are you two doing? And I said, why, what are you talking about? She said, I don't know, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it because I can see a big change in you two. So uh, we're very, very happy here and uh, enjoy the opportunity and privilege of, to be here of members of Living Word. Amen. Amen, I like that. Good testimony. Appreciate you doing that. See, what I love about Luke's testimony, it's at the core of what I'm talking about here. See, what begins to happen is that my personal preferences become secondary and my love for Christ and my love for others and my love for the word of God becomes primary. And, and I think we need to check ourselves once in a, once in a while. God, what is, what is, it, it, listen, we all have preferences and that's fine. I'm not saying that one preference is, is better or worse than another. We all have our preferences, but what's primary in my life? And, and, and the two things that, that must be primary in our life is, is, is my love for God and my love for others and, and my love for God's word and my love for others. And if those things are primary, it's interesting how some of our personal preferences get put aside because they're not as important as those, as those two primary things. And, and, and I believe that God can use all different styles for his glory. He can. He can use, thank God, for all different types of churches that God uses for his purpose and his glory. There's no perfect church that does it absolutely perfect. And so God uses a plethora of different churches with different styles, as long as they're glorifying Christ and exalting him as Savior and drawing people into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can do church differently. And that's okay. God can use all these things for his uh, glory. And so the question is, what is living word? What is the method that we tend to lean towards? Because we do have a preference here, but we have a purpose behind the preference that we choose. And, 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 and one of the things that is very important to us here at Living Word is that we keep everything relational. We, we want people to know and experience Christ in a real way, not under the facade of religiosity. We just want to be real with people. We want to know that you can have a real relationship. So what's spoken from the pulpit, the relationships that we have, we want them to be as real and authentic as possible. We want you to live out that authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to be vulnerable to one another and say, we're not perfect, but Jesus is helping us and he's causing us to grow closer to him each and every day. We use things that are current as much as we can. We use video. We use up-to-date media programs. We sing, for the most part, some uh, current worship songs. You know, I might come into church with a golf shirt 
I might wear a jacket. I might come in with a tie just for, for Miss Penny and Miss Ruth because I love them. And they always say I look good when I have a tie on. They almost tackled Pastor Mike last week when he had a tie on because he, he looked so sharp. See, I, I, might, I might, some of you are used to different ways that the pastor brings forth the word of God. Some of you are like, you know, I came to church that the pastor spoke line by line, went through a book. Well, I might do that sometimes, and I do. Uh, many times I might do topical messages on a certain subject like we're doing now. But I want you to remember this one thing. These are just methods. That's all they are. The message of Christ always remains the same. How we deliver the message may change to keep current. Let me ask you a question. Are you wearing the same clothes and the same style you did 20 years ago? Okay, stop poking your spouse, okay? Um, Listen, you may not have changed, but the styles have, haven't they? Right? See, that's one thing I love about my dad. My dad turned 70 this year. And my dad is just a cool, he's just cool. He's just a great guy. And um, my dad, he, he was untucking his shirt, the style of untucking it, before I was. I go, dad, you're just cool, man. You're up with the style. He, he just likes to dress. My dad's a good dresser. He likes to keep up with the styles. My dad, he'll come to me and say, man, worship was so good. I love these new songs that were introduced today. And I love being able to um, sit next to my grandson and worship with him. Let me give you two things that I believe is going to keep this church together that will keep us moving in the right direction. Our mission statement, our vision statement for our church is is transforming lives for eternity. And let me just give you two things and we're going to wrap this thing up. I just want to give you two things here. The two things that are going to keep our church unified and moving in the same direction are these very two things. Love God and love others. That's it. Love God and love others. Let me read it to you in Jesus' own words in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus said this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor by bringing them some school supplies. Love your neighbor by bringing them a turkey dinner. Love your neighbor by having a party for them. Love your neighbor by reaching out to them. The law, the entire law, and all the demands of the prophet are based on these two commandments. I believe this is the most important thing for living word. So how do we do that? I believe the way we love God is very simple, and it's by how we worship him. Not necessarily a worship style or coming together church for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning, but it's how I worship God every single day in my life. Is God first and foremost in my life? I like what John Piper says here. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So we love God by worshiping him and giving him our whole lives. We we, we love God through discipleship by saying, saying, God, I want to be actively pursuing and growing in my faith with you. I want to be actively getting involved, whether it's through 
you know, the, the, the first step of membership or getting involved in, in one of the small groups that we offer here at the church or a Bible study. Lord, I want to take that next step. I want to be loving you by saying, Lord, I want to be obedient by you by growing and sitting underneath your word, that we're going to make church a, a priority now in our lives, that we're going we're to keep growing in you. Our family is going to pray together. We're going to do these things to, to grow in you because, because we love you. And then how do we love others? Well, that's through our missions. That's through the outreaches that we have. That's, that's when we, we, we go overseas and we reach out to people in our own community. That's how we love them. And maybe we, we may love them through a soccer ball and a backpack or school supplies, but what we're saying is we love you because Jesus is the one that's compelling us to do this. And so that's, that's how I express my love for others. Express my love for others by wanting them to come into that family of God by inviting people to church, by talking to them about Jesus and your relationship. We love others through our fellowship. This is where we develop authentic relationships with one another that goes beyond, hey, how you doing? This is where we get involved in each other's lives, where we pray for each other, where we encourage one another. That's why we have the dinners. You know, come tonight to the the Bills aren't playing today. They won last week. They got the week off. So you can come tonight to the spaghetti dinner and fellowship and love on each other and celebrate those new believers that are, that are being baptized in the name of Christ. Come fellowship and share. Be part of the body of Christ. That's how we love one another. You see, what it ultimately is about, it's ultimately about people. It's ultimately about people that Jesus died for. So if I love God, and I understand the grace that he bestowed upon me, the way that's going to translate into my heart is how I reach out to other people. So the deeper I, listen, the deeper I grow in my discipleship with Jesus Christ, the deeper my love in Jesus Christ grows, the more expressive and the more outward my love becomes for other people. Um, that's what I love about some of you in this church. That's what I love about um, your heart for new people when they come in the door of this church. Um, I don't mean embarrass Ruth Brooks, but that's what I love about Ruth Brooks. She's like the, 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 the matriarch of our church, if you haven't figured it out yet. She's the one that's greeting people as they come to the door. She's the one lifting her hand with some of the modern worship songs. But you know what, for Ruth, what's more important, it's about people. She loves people. And she's been at this church long enough to see how you have reached out to people and she cares more about that. I'll never forget in my mind, five, six, seven years ago, a girl coming into our church, just she had multiple colored hair. It's really cool looking. I might do that one day. It's just multiple colored hair. And uh, Ruth went right up to her and gave her a hug and welcomed her into our church. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. If we can just grab that into our heart, our personal preferences will begin to die a little bit and our love for Christ will begin to grow. Amen? Amen. So, so I'm going to pray and we're going to sing. We're going to sing this last song together. And, and um, listen, for those of you that are here today, and as we sing this song, I really want you to look at the words of the song 
Because for some of you here today, you may have gotten hurt by the church, or maybe you had a bad experience um, with the church, or maybe God is calling you to say, you know, uh, Barden, you need to allow some of your personal preferences to die because those things have become too big in your life and it's, it's hurting your walk with me and you being part of a vital part of this church. As you sing, just listen to the words of the song where it talks about God's grace. When it talks about when life becomes too much and I become too overburdened, that Christ is always there. So as we worship him, just allow God to speak to your heart and, and just to motivate you to say, God, it's really about you, Jesus. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about your love. It's about your death. It's about your sacrifice. It's about your grace. It's about you. It's about you. It's about you. Lord, it's about you. And allow God just to reconfirm his relationship with you to allow some of those things to die in your heart and life. So Lord, as we just um, come before you today, as we worship you, I pray for living word that God, you would just continue to bind this church together, Lord. You would continue to unite us together ultimately through the blood of Jesus Christ, ultimately through the death of Christ, ultimately through what he's done for us. May that be the thing that holds us together and may the way we do church, God, the way we reach out to people, the way our preferences are as a church, may they glorify you. They might be different from other churches, but, but Lord, you've called us to do this for this community and this is, this is what we want to do, God. We want to reach people for you ultimately. And so, Lord, help us to continue to, to define and, and, and refine that, that vision that ultimately glorifies you and that we would be a people that would be behind what you're doing, God, and that you would use us in our gifts and talents to ultimately glorify you in this local assembly, God. So thank you for using us for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing the song in closing. God bless you. Amen.
God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, you're not done with living word. Lord, I know like any church, any church body, they can go through difficult times and, and times that will strain relationships. But Lord, I pray that we would ultimately look to you. God, you would bring healing and forgiveness. That Lord, as you lead us through those times, our faith, as the song said, would grow deeper in you, that we would trust you, God. That Lord, you would lead this church, that you would cause this church to grow deeper in you that our love for you would grow deeper and our love for others would grow deeper, God. That, Lord, we would never, ever forget that, Jesus, you died for people. And, Lord, we just pray for this community and for all the different things we do to reach out to this community, that your hand would be upon it, God, that the people that are hurting and they're looking for answers would know, would know, God, there are people that are dispersed from this assembly that love you, that care about you, that have been changed and redeemed by you. And I thank you for questions and people coming and, and looking for answers, God. So keep your hand upon us, God. Lord, we need your blessings. We, we need your direction. We need your wisdom as we move forward to do greater things for you, God, ultimately for your glory. But it has to start with us. And our hearts have to be in tune with you in order for those things to be accomplished. So may you just deepen our faith in you, God, so that your work may be accomplished here on earth. Thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do and what you are doing. In Jesus' precious name, in Jesus' precious name, we give the glory. Amen, 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 amen. Good stuff. Amen. Listen, before I release you guys into the tundra, um, if anybody needs prayer today, our prayer partners will be up here. Also, let me just say one thing. If you've not yet been water baptized, it's not too late. You can sign up or come see me, see Pastor Mike. We'll put you on the list. You come with an extra pair of clothes tonight and we'll dunk you, okay? So in Jesus' name, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, go in God's grace. God bless you. We'll see you later. So